Hey, welcome to Simone Shay. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And tonight we are talking to you about Monica Lewinsky. Escandalo. Escandalo. I'm really excited to talk about Monica Lewinsky. Me too. Let me tell you, I didn't really know anything about her uh-huh. because, um, of course, we all know Monica is most infamous, I guess, for uh, her relationship with President Bill Clinton. Yes. And when that took place, I was eight years old when it began uh-huh. and 12 years old when it ended and she was doing her interviews um, after the fact. And so as a child, you know, like I remember my parents talking about it, but uh-huh. I also remember not giving a shit. So getting into it, I was like, oh, shit, like this is new drama for me. It's new drama. And I read a book that she co-wrote years ago because I love pulpy celebrity biographies yes. and I read them on the Stairmaster and I bought it off Amazon and... The best part about it was that it had a transcription on the inside that said, to grandma, on your 73rd birthday, you can read whatever you want. (laughs) Uh, So I read the book and it gave me a lot of respect for her as a woman and probably for different reasons than we respect her today. And we'll get to that. Uh, So, yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about her because I think she's a, a dope person. Same. So, yeah, I was like, she is so intriguing. And, like, I feel like she was just played so wrong. But totally we'll get into wrong. it. We'll get into it. Um, So, Monica Smil Lewinsky. Smil? Smil or Samil? Okay. We'll just call her Monica Lewinsky. I just, Samil. I really love a middle name. I like, I want to call her Smil from now. Smil. <laughs> okay. Uh, Monica Lewinsky was born on July 23rd in 1973. Yes. Uh, her parents were, uh, an affluent, they were an affluent Jewish family. Her dad was an oncologist. Yes. Uh, Bernard Lewinsky. Okay. Bernard. And then her mom. Marsha Lewis. Marsha Lewis. Yes. Her mom was a quote unquote author. Yeah. And just as an aside, her mom's written one book. It was a 1996 book called The Private Lives of the Three Tenors. And in it, she alludes to having an affair with Placido Domingo. (laughs) (laughs) And something about that is so campy and ridiculous that I can't handle it. I kind of want to read it. Right? (laughs) Maybe we'll do a book club. That would be really fun. Nice. Um, But if I remember correctly from um, the book that I read... She grew up in um, wealthy neighborhoods of L.A. She went to elementary school with Tori Spelling. So that's the sort of affluence that we're dealing with. Okay. And there was a story in there when she was like 10 years old. For some reason, Tori Spelling's birthday party was being thrown at the Lewinsky's house. And maybe the Spellings didn't want everyone to know where their estate was or whatever. But they were – the Lewinsky's were renting their house for the party. But Monica wasn't invited. Tori did not invite Monica to her party, even though it was at Monica's house. And so after much to do, Tori was forced to invite Monica and Monica didn't go. She stayed in her room out of pride because she didn't want a pity invite. 
because she was like the chubby girl right. and she wasn't cool. And so she was kind of she was always super smart. She's a very bright person. And so she was smart, but she was chubby and she wasn't cool. And she was like, fuck you, Tori Spelling. I don't want your pity invite. That's kind of cool of her. I that I think that gives like a hint at the level of stubbornness that she has. Yeah. So totally. I res- Which will will play into later events. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> uh her parents went through a messy divorce in oh, okay. 1987 slash 88. And this may have had an effect on her because apparently it was very contentious. It was very dirty and bitter and I don't know. Man, divorce is hard. Divorce it's, is hard. It's hard to go through. I, yeah, my I was like 12 when my parents separated, and it was a very rough time. Okay, so that's about the age that she was. So she was, let me do the math, she was 14, 15. Okay. So she was, my parents divorced when I was very young, so I didn't have as much of an insight into it mm-hmm. um, versus being, yeah, an adolescent and dealing yeah. with that. So. Oh, poor Poor Monica. (laughs) We're really weaving a sob story here. Um, So she went to Beverly Hills High School for the first three years of high school. And then she transferred to uh, Beverly Hills Prep for her senior year and graduated in 1991. Uh, In 1992, she's going to community college. This is where it's heating up. Oh, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, when I... Okay, people, let me just say before we we uh, explode your minds <laughs> with this info, <laughs> when I found this out, I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> she graduates high school in 1992 or 91. Mm-hmm. In 1992, she's going to community college in Santa Monica. She's working in the drama department at Beverly Hills High School, which, if you remember from five seconds ago, was where she went the first three years of high school. Yes. So she begins an affair with Andy Bleeler, and he was her drama teacher when she was a student there. She's just graduated, and she's working for him. This is her first boyfriend ever. Yeah. This is her first sexual partner. This is her first boyfriend. He's her former teacher. He's married. I believe they started their affair when she was still in high school. Also. I would think so. Um, if if memory serves correctly. I would think so. I don't know that it says so in the book. I don't know that it was like sexual at that point, but it started. There had to have been flirtation. Yes. Um, I believe that's what she said in her 2020 interview with Barbara. Walters. Oh, because I would almost think she transferred high schools because something fishy was going on. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. But, but they don't admit to it starting until she's like 18. I was just I was shocked that she had already had an affair of some yes. type and um, a teacher, a teacher. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's uh, I always am kind of jealous of the girls who have the confidence to hit on their teachers because I've had friends, a lot of friends who are teachers and they've had 15 year old girls like wear skirts with no panties to class and like kind of spread them and show them and be like really audacious. Yeah. The stories I've heard out of my male friends who are teachers and I just I'm like that she's a teenager and she has more game than I have. I'm 30 fucking three years old. I don't have that much game just to be able to – and the those girls are obviously – they've probably 
been sexually abused or something. Something has happened to make them so hypersexual. Right. And it is uh, maybe not enviable to be like, a 15-year-old knows how to manipulate men with sex. <laughs> well, as Monica said um, in her interview with Barbara Walters, um, she's, you know, it was insecurity that made her seek out these relationships okay because she was just finding her self-esteem and whoever would give it to her and you know at the end of the day it's really like i think people forget how young she was when all of this happened and it's like don't forget like you have older much older men Mm -hmm. who should know better they should know better um you know, making her think that it's very special. Yeah. When perhaps it it wasn't. It wasn't because you're just some fucking idiot high school drama teacher. Right. And he ended up turning against her when uh, the scandal broke loose. True. So. Um, so here's where it gets super pulpy. So they start their affair in 1992 and their affair ends up going on for five years. In 1993, she transfers to Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon in an attempt to move on from Bleeler. Because he's married. This is not healthy. He has a pregnant wife. Oh, my God. Um, But the affair continues. He visits her up in Portland. He eventually moves his family to Portland, and they hire Monica as their babysitter. What? I did not know this. Right? Holy shit. Holy fucking shit balls. Talk about, like... She's like, this is not healthy, this back and forth. He's never going to leave his wife, yada, yada. I got to move on. But she's still drawn to him because he does tell her she's beautiful and give her attention and that dick too bomb. Um, But yeah, like what a fucking dirtbag. He's sleeping with his, what was his student a year earlier. And then he's going to move his fucking wife and baby up to be next to his mistress to keep fucking her and then hire her as their babysitter. Yeah. That's insane. He's a fucking piece of shit. Um, she graduates Lewis and Clark uh, College in 1995 with a degree in psychology. And I, if you're doing the math on any of this, she's finishing her degrees very quickly. Yeah. So she's because she's a smarty pants. Um, so she graduates the spring of 95. And in July 1995, her family friend uh, helps her get an internship with the White House. So she moves to D.C. to do this unpaid internship. Which she said she did, um, not really because she was that interested in politics, but more, again, to try and get away from Andy and kind of, like, start fresh. Yeah, because she's, it's, sometimes you need to put geographic space between you and another person. Definitely. Because it'll just make it harder to stay away from them. After my very first relationship when I was, like, 18, Mm -hmm. when I, like, the first time I lived with someone... Uh, we only dated for like a little less than a year, but which why was I living with someone that I only dated for less than a year? No Who one knows. knows. 18. Who yeah. gives a shit? But um, I was so distraught when we broke up that I moved back to New Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I only stayed there for like six months because I was like, yeah, this isn't really working out either. So then I came back. Um, I mean, I almost moved out of state just to keep myself away from that one fella that I kept going back to. Yeah. Because that was very unhealthy. And right. I just felt like I remember a year after the last time we broke up and things were bad. Things were bad. We'd been broken up a year and I saw him in a parking lot. I don't even know if he saw me. And I just like fell so in love with him. Like I just was like 
right back there and I didn't contact him or anything. Um, so that was good. But I just had this thought like I need to move because I can't fucking see him because um, yeah. I'm trying to be a functional fucking human being. So sometimes you got to go work at the White House yeah, to get over your that's fucking where Monica was married idiot. <laughs> um, and so she falls in love with the president. She meets him. He's got this quality about him. Um, oh, my God. In the Barbara Walters interview, she said he was sensuous. She kept saying like how sensual he was. This is a thing that. I found so intriguing about her uh-huh. is like there uh, there was remorse definitely mm-hmm. but I in no way was she saying that like you know he you know overcame her with emotions he kind of like forced her into it or maybe was so char- charismatic that uh-huh. she fell for him she was like it was fun it was I I wanted to do it yeah, she says the she maintains to this day that everything that happened between them was 100% consensual. Yeah. And that obviously he should have known better because he was a grown ass man, but it was 100% consensual. This is where she gets me is before they had had any contact, she knew she liked him, she knew she was drawn to him. The launch of their sexual uh sort of relationship was she this is remember this is 90 this is the mid to late 90s mm-hmm. was it like 95 95 this, this is the era of the whale tail when you'd let your thong peek out of the top of your pants so she wore a cute thong and knew that it was up above her pants and so she knew he was going to be passing by her in the hallway because she ran mail to the oval office a lot it was part of her job yes so she put, she said, uh, how did she say it? She put her thumbs like kind of under her jacket just right. So it would lift it in the back and it would show her thong. Yeah. So like, and I was, that's where I thought she's fresh out of college and she has the cojones I to know. flash her thong. I wouldn't flash my thong at anyone, let alone the president of the United States of America, but she wanted him. And that's what got it popping. Yeah. She said that that was her way of letting him know, hey, I want to play. Like, I see. Because let's back up a minute. As you were saying, you know, she first met him. She found him very charming, Mm -hmm. sensual. Um, But she first met him at a rally. And she said that, um, or that's where she first saw him. Um, And she said that they made eye contact and she felt like it was something more. Okay. And then, you know, they had had a few more interactions and it was very flirtatious. Okay. With the eye contact and just, she's just getting that feel. And then um, she decided to do that. And that was just her way of saying, like, you know what? Like, I see you. I, I fucking see you, Bill Clinton. Yeah. I raise you. That's, the, yeah. So uh, Good. fucking ballsy as all get out. And that's the part I was saying where maybe not a lot of people would be impressed by her for that reason. But I'm impressed. <laughs> Color me impressed because as someone who has no game. Yeah. It's it was very impressive. And I mean, just the fact like just the surroundings like you're in the Oval Office. 
Like, I just feel like that would never even cross my mind. No. As something that could even be an option. I won't. I wouldn't hit on somebody at my job and I work at a movie theater. <laughs> so, which, I mean, honestly, who gives a fuck? Yeah. But, yeah. So, let alone at the Oval Office. Yeah. Uh, so in December 1995, her internship's up, but she gets a paid position in the White House Office of Legislative Affairs. And this is the job that has her carrying mail to the Oval Office. So okay. good for you, Monica, good for, for assessing you. what's a job where I can be alone with the president, where I have a reason to go to his office all the time. Yeah. I fucking, I'm just so impressed with her. I mean... And the way, like, I don't know, the way it's coming out, it, it feels very much like it was, like, her doing. And she is, you know, she, she'll she admit that she was into it. But I still have a hard time not putting more blame on the president. Well, obviously, because she's an impetuous child. It's just, like, all of my teacher friends who've had right. young girls. He should have said, like, this is inappropriate. This isn't, yeah. And you know what? Like, we need to get her out of here because she's trying to fuck me. Yeah, we need to transfer her or not hire right. her instead of saying, I'll sign a letter of recommendation so she can get the job that brings her into my office regularly. Yes. Um. And so the thing with Monica is that she saw this as a romance, as a love affair. Yes. And she said that he would call her. They'd have late night phone calls and they'd talk about policy stuff. <laughs> they would talk, they'd have phone sex. They'd have phone sex. This was my favorite part of the Barbara Walters interview. <laughs> She's telling this part. She's like, you know, he'd call me. We would talk. We'd have phone sex. And Barbara Walters is like. A lot of people don't know what phone sex is. Oh, my God. I do remember. I saw this when it came out. I saw this when it came out. She's like, can you explain that, Monica? A lot of people don't know what phone sex is. And I was just like, dude, like, <laughs> if that is not just such a perfect example of how far we've come. Yes. <laughs> and Monica was like blushing and like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. People, I feel like, how do you not know what phone sex is? Right. Because as a kid... I understood what it was. It's exactly phone sex. What would phone sex be? Oh, you're mm. you're talking about sex over the phone. Yeah. And then like when cyber sex came out and people were, what's cyber sex? I'm like, what the fuck do you think it is? I feel like a lot of people thought it was having sex with a robot. Oh, and it's like, maybe. No, bitch. No, it's, it's cybering. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen fucking hackers? <laughs> <laughs> Do they cyber in that movie? I mean, they just have really cool graphics that oh. make me feel like when I think of cyber sex, for some reason, you I think, just of, think that. of like cool, like th the the early uh, 2000s 3D graphics yes. and like the screensaver that's like lines everywhere. Did, ever, did anyone ever uh, IM you and say want a cyber? Oh, my God. No, I like I wasn't very into online when it uh. first came out. I was probably like, oh no, I was like 14, 15. Uh -huh. But like my cousin had a computer and she would get in chat rooms and I would go to her house and try to get in the chat rooms. But I was just like, this is weird and boring. Like these people are dumb. Yeah. So most of it's dumb. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too hip with it. I didn't even create a MySpace page until like it was almost dead. So okay. I you were late. I was very much like, 
the government is trying to track me and I will not allow this and I'm staying off the internet as long as possible. So fair. If, if you listen to our updates episode, you'll understand my paranoia. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to start asking people if they want a cyber <laughs> Do it. Um, <laughs> do you want to go on a date? Hey, you want a cyber? You want a cyber? <laughs> um, okay. So there. So to her, this is like a full fledged relationship. Yes. And she thinks that they're in love or whatever. And I don't doubt that they had a connection, but I think Bill Clinton's the type of guy who, when he looks at everyone, they feel connected to him. And so that sort of moment she had where she felt their eyes met and they had something, probably a lot of women have that with Bill Clinton. Yes, totally. I mean, here's the perfect example of that. He gave her a book as a present. Uh Um, Fuck, I didn't write it down. I wish I would have written down title, but who really gives a shit? Um, And it was what she said was probably the most meaningful gift to her because Uh it felt like just something that was important to him Uh and it made her feel very connected. And then um, she found out after all of this mess that that was the same gift he had given to Hillary Clinton on their first date. And it's like, you fucking dick bag. Like this is not special anymore yeah there's a certain type of guy who that's just how they are and any girl that comes in his radius he's gonna make feel like warm and fuzzy yes. i mean my mom fucking loves bill clinton <sighs> to this day she's like he's just there's just something about him i'm like he's a tall dumb white guy like i don't get the appeal yeah, and but. he, like, really fucked up uh, a lot of countries' economy with NAFTA. So never forget. Yes, which, which that will come up in a little bit. Oh, I can't wait. Um, So this is where it gets even deeper, my connection with Monica. Okay. We both have chubby issues. We have divorced parents. We don't know yeah. what love is. Um, They only had nine actual sexual encounters between November 1995 and March 1997. That was was the length of their affair, which averages about once every two months. And this was sustaining her. So she's able to think that they're having a relationship when they're only having physical contact every two months. Yeah. And that is the most DeLorean thing I have ever heard, where she (laughs) is just living on crumbs. Living on... Because... She's like what she's what I would like to call a crumb bum. She is a total crumb bum. She's a romantic crumb bum. And I see you, girl. That's why you have a weight problem, because you're not getting enough in your pussy hole. It's all in the mouth hole. Have you noticed since she's like a grown ass woman, she looks good as hell. Oh, today she looks fabulous. Yeah. So, um, you know, she like she the thing with her back then was just like. 90s it was a very um tough time for fashion and makeup i feel and you had to wear boxy suits everything was boxy her hair was terrible um and the makeup was just like very harsh but that was just kind of par for the course at that time and it was just like you know when you're when you're thicker it's just hard uh, depending yeah. on certain fashions. Yes. And I feel like it was just not a very good time for it. It was not forgiving. All women looked better in the 2000s than they did in the 90s, even though they were 10 years older. That's just a fact. Think about yes. Julia Louis-Dreyfus on Seinfeld and Julia Louis-Dreyfus yes. on New Adventures of Old Christine. We just have better aesthetic now. Yes. yes. It's just sorry, 90s, Like even though it's making a comeback. But it looks good when you're 19. That's true. 
Um, but anyways, so yeah, she's there. She's only getting some physical affection once every two months. And it's only oral. Uh, it's oral sex. She's performing oral sex on him, not him on her and other stuff, but no actual sex. He's probably finger banging her a lot. Yeah. And there was that cigar thing. What? Okay. So he had her put this? a cigar in her pussy and then he smoked it. Oh. <laughs> um, I think that's what happened with that. Okay. There they were just l- alluded to it in the 2020 yeah. interview, but they obviously uh, didn't go into detail. Which, you know, when you can't see the person that you're with, you can't see them that often and whatever, like you do get more inventive. You yes. are going to have... You want to smoke a pussy cigar? You're going to smoke a pussy cigar. You're going to mail them locks of your hair. I don't know. Like, whatever. Oh, my God. I knew someone who they did that. I have a lock of Deacon's hair. I don't have a lock of anyone's hair, but I do have some of my dog's teeth. I'm going to get them plated in gold. found a lock of hair in my dad's, like, man jewelry box. Uh And it was, like, from a high school girlfriend or something. (laughs) And I was like... Huh. When I was young. Yeah. Not recently. Yeah, he's not still holding on to that. I don't think so. That would be weird. But she would um so Monica during this time period, she would talk to she was still talking to Andy Bleeler on the phone and she would try to make him jealous. And she's saying, I'm having an affair with a high ranking White House official, but I won't tell you who. But she called him the creep. That's what she called President Clinton. What? Yeah, which I thought was weird because she was still in love with him. But she'd say, but the creep won't fuck me. He won't fuck me. Um, and she's like, yeah, uh, Bleeler was later said she was bragging about it. She was blah, blah, blah. But she was mad he wouldn't fuck her. So, uh-huh. like, I just feel as a woman, you deserve more. Even if your boyfriend is the president of the United States, you deserve more than just going to some dude's office and sucking his dick. Dude, especially if it's the president. If it's the president, I'm like, where is my hotel room? Where is my hot fucking in the Oval Office? Why aren't you going down on me constantly? Like, yeah. I want it all because I'm in a the highest profile affair and Ever. I might go to jail. Like, I need this to I be need worth it. to be busting mad nuts. I need to be a fucking cum queen. Yeah. This is like, I guess this is 20 years before the year of the cum queen. That's true. So Also, she was 22, and I just feel like you don't fucking know any better when you're that young. You're thinking like, oh, he's going to leave his wife for me, and I, you know, maybe I'll be the first lady and all this crazy Yeah, all this crazy stuff. Because she did say that she, um, you know, somewhat believed that he might leave Hillary. Yeah. I'm like, really? The, the ways that we lie to ourselves. It's crazy. We all do it. We all do it. We all lie to ourselves in relationships. Uh, and if you refuse to lie to yourself, you're single forever. My name is Sydney DeLorean. <laughs> and I'm very lonely. So anyways, um, in April of 1996, uh, Lewinsky's superiors transferred her to the Pentagon because they felt she was spending too much time around Bill Clinton. Yes. So everyone kind of suspected something was going on. Um, and in the summer of 1996, Monica Lewinsky meets Linda Tripp. This fucking bitch. This bitch is the worst friend in the entire fucking world. She's a old divorced lady. She has aspirations of writing a book and getting famous. So she befriends this young woman 
And she doesn't know that Lewinsky's having an affair with the president. Right. What she does know is that the president is a dog. And so she says, hey, you should flirt with Bill. You're his type. She encourages Lewinsky because she wants Monica Lewinsky to have an affair with the president so she can write a book about it. Yes. And everyone knew she was known for being a White House gossip. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of knew she had a big mouth. Yeah. So... In that sense, I'm like, Monica, you're dumb as shit to fucking confide in her. She must have been really, really lonely. Like, you're having an affair. You can't tell anyone about it. You're only getting play every two months, and you just want a friend, and it's this fucking terrible person. I can see that, but at the same time, she did tell, like, her girlfriends knew about it. Oh, they did? Yeah, she told, like, ten other people besides Linda Tripp. Oh. And her and her girlfriends would joke about things that she did with bill and she would tell them like the sweet things he told her um but she said that she was initially attracted to linda tripp's friendship because linda tripp was in worked in the white house and so she felt like you know maybe she could get closer to the president or back to the white house through that and um, Linda, like, knew the White House atmosphere, so she felt more comfortable with her, being friends with her. I don't know. You know, you're you're making bad decisions. Yes. All of this is just bad decisions. It's a series of bad decisions. And the president told her that if he got reelected, he would hire her back at the White oh, House. Oh, yeah, that's right. And make sure that she was back there. So I think she was just trying to bide her time and feel as close as she could uh-huh. until he brought her back. That makes sense. So she's keeping the dream alive and yeah. Linda Tripp is like a thread to it, um, which kind of makes sense because I had some fake friends in high school. I was friends with this guy that everyone wanted to bang and he and I were just friends. But all these girls would be friends with me because they wanted to get closer to him and I didn't realize until after high school, like, oh, it's weird that they only called me to talk about him and they didn't like me and they never liked me because I was a weird girl. They just I was friends with a hot dude. So yeah. I had some friends like that in junior high that oh, they had crushes on my brother and just like I think they mostly just came over to my house to like see him. See, yeah. Oh, because I was always kind of like the weird one that didn't really have that much in common with the rest of them, but I was just kind of in the click anyway. You were in the ether. Yeah. Dumb. Stupid. We, we fucking commiserate with Monica. We are right there with this girl. Girl, we feel you. We do. So in the summer, she meets Linda Tripp, and by September, um, okay, summer 1996, she befriends Linda Tripp, and then I have in September 1997, that's when Linda begins taping their phone conversations. Um, then this is where it shit starts fucking popping off for real, for real. Yeah, this is so fucked up. And keep in mind, like the whole time that she's at the Pentagon, she can't see the president. She has no way of contacting him. Uh-huh. Um, so he's calling her and that's their relationship. They're no longer really having a physical relationship, but he's calling her at late at night. Yeah. They're and they're having, talking for hours. Yes. They're talking for hours. They're having their phone sex. And so she's, you know, like I said, she's still thinking, you know, maybe I can get back into the White House. It's stoking the fire because they hadn't had physical contact since when did I say March? So they... This is March is when the last time they saw each other physically. 
And now it's December. Yeah. And she would occasionally see him at rallies. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, like they were literally like whole, uh, shaking hands. Shaking hands. And yeah. being like, hey, Mr. President, I, I really enjoyed working with you. Yeah. Good to see sucking you. Your dick. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that to people. <laughs> I really enjoyed sucking your dick. I really. It was really nice to meet you and suck your dick. <laughs> And they're like, I knew something was wrong when you were wearing that beret. And she would say that even. <laughs> she and I are both wearing berets. We I should are. we maybe we should have led with that. We totally forgot to mention it. That we are both wearing um, berets. We have our berets on. We're full on Monica right now. Solidarity. Um, but she would say that even when they were just having contact just at that rally for, you know, a second, mm-hmm. it was still very special yeah. to them. And it was something that. They knew. They knew. What was up? He'd probably call her and be like, uh, uh, Monica, I'm going to give you a little wink wink tomorrow. They did. Yeah. They had signals they would give to each other. And she, you know, put a lot of work into planning her outfit and stuff to see him. And she was just looking like. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's wearing a sh- fucking power suit and a beret, but she worked hard. Bangs. Yeah. Uh, God. It was, it was just so 90s. Um, so in December 1997, things are kind of heating up. Uh, in terms of suspicions and Lewinsky leaves the Pentagon that's like the beginning of December December 8th Bill Clinton's personal secretary Betty Curie she asks uh, Bill Clinton's pal Vernon Jordan to help Monica find work so December 11th she meets with Vernon Jordan and she's referred to several jobs and December 17th Monica is subpoenaed by lawyers for Paula Jones And so Paula Jones is a woman who had contact with President Clinton and says she was sexually harassed by him and she's filing a suit against him. Okay. And the lawyers are looking for ways to basically corroborate that Bill Clinton is a dog. And so they've been sniffing around for other women who may have interacted with the president who can say that he is a sexual harasser, he's inappropriate, yada, yada. And they get Monica's name. And so here it is. She's like, the suspicions of their affair were too hot at the White House. And she leaves the Pentagon and she's trying to find other political jobs. Um, And President Clinton is having his people help her. And days later, they're like, oh, fuck, your life is over. You're subpoenaed to testify in court as to sexual contact that you've had with the president. Um, And that's December 17th. She gets the subpoena. December 28th, the president goes out of his way to come in on a weekend to the White House to meet with Monica in person. And this is the last time they ever see each other in person. And at this visit, the president encourages her to be evasive in her testimony. So big deal. Yeah. Um. January, she files an affidavit denying that she had an, a relationship with Clinton. And days after she files this affidavit, Linda Tripp gives uh, the tapes of all of their conversations to her attorney. And she also contacts Kenneth Starr, who's this independent investigator. Oh, so they have man. Paula Jones's lawyers doing the investigation. And then there's Kenneth Starr, who is doing this. He's like an independent what do they call him? Special investigator Kenneth Starr, who is like independent of the White House, who's supposed to be investigating this shit. Yes. Um, 
And the tapes have Lewinsky detailing the affair and also saying that um, Clinton and Jordan coached her to lie. So holy fucking shit, kind of stars like I have. I have everything I need. Yeah, I don't just know that the president cheats on his wife. I now know that he encouraged someone to lie under oath. Um, so the FBI wires up Linda Tripp and has her meet with Lewinsky. And at this meeting, Lewinsky gives Tripp a document called points to make in an affidavit. Uh, and it coaches her, uh, her on what to say about Kathleen Willie and Kathleen Willie, um, is a woman who is testifying, uh, in the Jones trial saying the president also sexually harassed her and Linda Tripp claims to have seen this woman leaving the president the oval office with her lipstick all smeared and her hair askew and um so monica's like you need to lie and say that the president's never done anything wrong here's this thing and meanwhile the fbi is recording all of it um and that's uh so jones's lawyers are trying to corroborate hey the pl- the president's a dog mm-hmm. um but now kind of star is like he asks for permission to expand the probe <laughs> he wants to expand the probe to involve charges of perjury against clinton and um vernon jordan because uh, it's like this is groundbreaking shit that we have proof that the president has lied under oath and encouraged other people to do things right so sorry monica not only do you not work at the white house anymore but also your life is over and you're 22 yes and i believe um at some point during all of this i think when she went to meet linda trip uh-huh. um she said I th- it's in her book monica in her own what is it monica, monica in her own words yeah. is what it's called or monica's story oh monica's story oh those are two different books okay never mind the 2020 interview was also called uh monica in her own words okay but um they talked about um how she met linda at a hotel mm-hmm. and um she was dragged into a room and questioned for almost 12 hours yes and um it's implied that she was you know encouraged to give up give it up give yeah. up the truth and uh you know they're like we're gonna start investigating you hard bitch and they were telling her you're gonna spend 27 years in prison and yeah yada 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 she said it was terrible she really did hold out because that happened so all of this is happening in um january of 1998 um, is when this investigation started and it's not until summer that she uh, reaches a plea deal to mm-hmm. testify so it went back and forth for a long time where like they were subpoenaing her mom because her mom knew and her mom was not showing up to be questioned and they were like we're gonna put your parents in jail like everyone's going to jail you're going to jail yeah they're all going to your jail. Your brother's going to jail. Your your cat's going to jail. Everyone. We're taking them all. Um, so in the summer, they finally reach a plea deal uh, where she'll her and her family will have immunity if she testifies to an affair and she hands over the dress, the infamous dress, yes. because she talks about it on the tapes to Linda Tripp. 
about how she has the president's semen on a dress. And Linda, her best girlfriend at the time, her best girlfriend, Linda Tripp, said, you shouldn't you shouldn't dry clean that dress. You should keep it. You might need it. She told her to put it in a baggie and yeah. keep it. And Monica says in the tape, why would I do that? What, why would I even do that? And she's like, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling. You know, someone might come after you and you could that could really save you what a fucking cunt man yeah she's a fucking piece of work Um, um so yeah she has to testify that they had an affair and she has to hand over the dress but monica's stipulation is that she will not she will not admit that the president coached her to lie and like is that because she's still in love with him because there's so much evidence that says that he did. There's recordings of her saying that he did, but she says, I won't testify that he, that the president encouraged me to lie under oath. And I assume that's because she still feels love and loyalty for him. I think so. I think she was, I think she was in love with him this whole time. She uh-huh. told him that she loved him and he said, thank you. Uh, <laughs> She's <just laughs> fucking Monica. I, fucking thing. Like, I just want to give, um, I want to give this era Monica a hug and be like, yeah. girl, I know. Yes. I know. Yeah. Watching the 2020 interview, just seeing how giddy she was um, reminiscing about their early relationship and then just how sad she was when it came to like, the aftermath and just realizing that um you know he didn't love her yeah and it wasn't the same for him as it was for her but you know I think she just really saw him just as a man and she in a way felt the need to protect him yeah and I think she felt like she was to blame for a lot of this she felt which I mean people were treating yeah, her like she you, was you, you you'd be telling everyone it's gonna come out yeah um but she felt like it was her fault and she needed to protect him and also i forgot to say this is only her second boyfriend so that married dude was her first boyfriend and this is her second boyfriend ever is the president of the united states yes so it's not like she's had a lot of experience in life and love and like can you imagine like the the second person you were ever in love with and like just that intense feeling and loyalty that you would have had for them at the time like right she's almost like younger than a lot of 23 year olds in that way that she is that inexperienced yes um i mean when your first relationship is a married man it's probably not that hard to fall into it again yeah i think that like this is love you don't have a model your parents had a shitty marriage and you saw a bad divorce like you don't have a model of a healthy relationship so you don't really know what that looks like and then yeah you do married man another married man like you don't because you don't know that it's not healthy like you don't know that like getting to blow someone every eight weeks isn't really a relationship it's a really great deal for them um so she does the plea deal. She testifies. The president says the whole time, you know, I didn't have sexual relations with that woman because he doesn't consider oral sex. And that was very hurtful to her, how yes. he said it, because he was very harsh when he said that woman. That woman, Miss Lewinsky. And um, she felt like he could have, you know, at least respected her by just saying, no, no, I didn't with you know monica lewinsky and so yeah it was very pointed and it seemed like she was 
after him. Like she was targeting him. Yeah, which was not the case yeah. whatsoever. Um, so in 1999, uh, the book Monica Story, that's the one that I read okay. by Andrew Martin comes out. And she cooperated with him on writing that. There were things she still couldn't say because of part of her um, immunity deal. But this book comes out. She gets a half million dollars for participating in it. She does the Barbara Walters interview. Yes. She gets a million dollars for doing that, which sounds like a lot of money, but she's still upside down because her legal fees were so huge that she still is upside down. Um, Also, I really liked this. In 1999, someone asked for her autograph at an airport and she turned them down and just said, I'm kind of known for something that's not that great to be known for. Yeah. (laughs) No, thank you. I know. I really like that, too. Um... And this is 1999 is also when she starts her line of handbags, yes. which are manufactured in Louisiana, yes. made in America. Did you look up what they look like? No, I didn't, actually. They're very boho chic. They look like what you would make as in like first year home ec out of um, upholstery fabric samples. Are they still for sale? Is she still selling them? No. Oh, OK. So, uh. I mean, <laughs> we'll get to in the timeline when she shuttered the doors on that operation. Oh, okay. But she needs to make money because she right. has huge legal fees and she can't get a job in psychology because she's Monica Lewinsky. Right. Um, and she's always, you know, she grew up in L.A. She's very stylish. Uh, she's always been big into knitting. And she said that was one of the things that helped her with stress. I loved that. She said that her, her I think her aunt or grandma taught her how to knit. And uh-huh. she said that, that was what got her through the entire thing. Is she made pretty much everyone she knows scarves and was working on a sweater. Nice. Yeah, she was. She, uh, so in the book Monica's story, they describe her apartment, which is decorated in a shabby chic design style, Monica's favorite. Uh-huh. I mean, at the time. And uh, her aesthetic is being big sweaters and blue jeans. And I'm like, I I love everything about this. And she yeah. knits and there's just baskets with yarn and knitting projects everywhere. I love it. Um. So, yeah, she started this handbag line because that's what you do when you need to make money and you have a name, whether it be for good reasons or bad. In January of 2000, Jenny Craig hire her to um, be a spokesperson. And the oh, contract says... Shit. She has to lose 40 pounds in six months. Uh-huh. And she says that even though she wants to be private, she has these legal debts and she does believe in the product. So she's willing to get on board. Um, but it turns out it's super controversial. Like Jenny Craig offices, certain ones refuse to display the advertisement or oh. like run the ads in local markets. So it's supposed to be this six month, 40 pound contract. Uh-huh. Um but Jenny Craig corporate pulled all the ads in February. Oh, how sad. Yeah. Not like only a month later. And her campaign was canceled in April. And Aww. so she was supposed to get a million dollars and she only got 300000 Oh, that sucks. Right? I'm like, it doesn't matter if you cancel it. You still should. But I don't know. I'm, I, her contract should have said she still gets a million dollars because... Yeah. Girl deserves it. Um, And can we go back real quick? Because I just want to talk a little bit about how the media was like treating oh, yeah. all of this when it was yes. happening. Um, Because they fucking lambasted her like no other. Like she 
was tore down. They, yeah, the she was she was chubby and chewed up and spit out. Yeah, I mean, okay, so here are some of the headlines, uh, oh, the no. names they were calling her. This is going to be upsetting um, to hear. Yeah, they, her and Barbara Walters looked at. Uh, they just had a bunch of magazines spread out on a table, and they were just sipping tea or coffee or whatever the fuck was in their mugs looking uh, at these <laughs> covers oh god um because she did admit that you know when the news broke when she found out that she was gonna be subpoenaed and that this was gonna come out into the public uh-huh. um she she considered suicide yes and her mom made her sleep with the doors open and, and shower with, with and the doors open and would shower with the doors open her parents also each considered suicide uh-huh. at one point um so it was very very traumatic for her and her family and the whole time the media is um you know getting pictures of her pictures that she had taken with bill in a yes you know professional manner pictures of her just walking around and they're calling her the bag lady um they're calling her tubby temptress yes they're calling her portly pepper pot oh my god Um, they're calling her cheesy slut so this is what you're seeing in magazines at the grocery yeah i just remember that they were so ruthless to her about her weight yes and her appearance and it was just like and it was always like what would the president see in her yes it was like she was very much made out to be like an obsessed stalker of the president and uh, like how disgusting this fat woman is trying to seduce the president. Yeah. And when really she's a beautiful 22 year old and he's an old man and he should fucking know better and shut that shit down. Yeah. So I just hated the way that it was so focused on her. Yes. And not really on the president being a scumbag. Yeah. And also Hillary did not do any better in the press at this time. No, of like, course not. You know, she was everyone's talking shit about Hillary can't keep her marriage together. She's uptight. She's a prude. Uh-huh. So um, it was just, you know, that it just really sucked. Well, I just that's like America's puritanical values where logically Bill and Hillary had been together for 20 years at this point. Most marriages are pretty sexless at that point. Like, it is not uncommon, especially for people in power, to have sexless marriages and they have affairs. That is, Bill Clinton is not the first president to have affairs. And so the idea where it was like, oh, Hillary's this cold, shrewd bitch who can't keep her man happy, whatever. And it's like, dude, she's busy doing her own goddamn thing. And maybe she's happy that he's getting his dick sucked elsewhere because she doesn't have to do it because she's being a boss bitch. <laughs> like, you don't know their situation, but it's the American puritanical values that are like, you get married and you can only, there's only one type of marriage. You're married to each other and you only have sex with each other forever. And if your man has sex with someone else, it's because you're not doing something right. right. Instead of being like, it's been 20 years. I have sucked his dick every single way but like it has nothing to do with me not keeping my man happy like he's not keeping me happy either right and a lot of people roasted her for staying with him yeah it's like you know what that's their fucking business let them do whatever the fuck they want exactly like Um, it is a hundred percent 
none of your fucking businesses because there are many types of marriages and agreements. And as long as there is honesty and open dialogue, it's between them. That's you know? right. And something I found really interesting was that um, Monica alluded to the president being very sexual and passionate and sensual, uh. but also... Um, very hard on himself for being that way. Yes. Because he was very religious and Christian, uh, Mm -hmm. had a strict Christian upbringing. And so he felt that um, in a way his sexuality was wrong, that he wanted, that he was so virile or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's probably why they never had actual sex, aside from worrying about maybe the scandal of getting someone pregnant yes I think that I think that he knew that he could say I didn't technically have yeah with her if he didn't and I also well what she said is that he told her he didn't want to get addicted to her yes and you know become dependent on their relationship in that extreme yeah. manner which is all, but I mean that's all like part of being like super religiously like ashamed of your sexuality right. where it's like I can do this but not that yes uh and that's sort of it's like you know people who won't have premarital sex but they'll take it up the butt and it's right. like but it's not my pussy it's okay because it's the butt and it's just like Dude, it's all sex. (laughs) Like, holes is holes. You're licking, you're sucking, you're fucking, you're button. It's sex. But religion and conservatism have a way of uh, affecting people like that. So he can be like, I'm not having, I'm not really having an affair. I'm not really having sex with her. You know, she just blows me. Yeah. And so when he went to finally break it off once and for all like shortly before all of this blew up Uh um she said that he told her that he had been lying about who he was since he was very young um in the sense that he had had many affairs Uh and sex with a lot of women and had considered leaving politics and hillary when he was in his 40s but he decided to try and make it work and he just was ashamed of, like, the person that he truly is. And I can see her having a lot of pity for that because that is yeah. very – that is – She said that it was the most um, emotionally naked he's ever been in front uh-huh. of her. And she just felt like it was so genuine and he really let her see a part of him in that moment and so she you know she's just kind of taken by him like this whole time yeah I mean and that can make you love him even more that right you know I mean the thing is like we we fucking go into Bill's life I'm like this guy he's got some shit yeah who's talking about it no one anyways yeah (laughs) so um so where are we? Okay, so we did. Line? So we did January of two thousand. Oh. She has the Jenny Craig thing. Yes. In March two thousand two, uh, restrictions from the immunity agreement expire. So she does an HBO special, which I really want to see. It's called Monica in Black and White, and she can answer the audience's questions. Oh. Yeah, because you know the book that had come out and the Barbara Walters interview, there were still things she couldn't say. Yes. And now she can say them. Um, in 2005, she ends the handbag line. Oh, yeah, it was short lived. Rest in peace. I kind of wonder if they're really expensive, like on eBay. If it's people like probably you can't get them anymore. Yeah, 
Get your Monica bag. Probably. Um, but she ends her handbag line and she moves to London uh, to get a master's of science in social psychology. Yes. And she graduates in 2006. Okay. So um, she's still is struggling finding work in her field because... She's, she's just so infamously yeah. known. It sucks. Like she still has trouble with relationships. Um, she said at the time that, you know, guys she tried dating afterwards were like, so what was the deal like with the cigar? What was the deal with the dress? Why did you keep it? Like she was just always getting questions about like, really, what was really going on? I, I imagine too, like a lot of guys would be like, I want her to suck my dick so I can say, like, I've gotten a blowjob from Monica Lewinsky. Oh, that's awful. But I can totally see that. Yeah, totally. And with the dress, like, <laughs> this is so dumb, but she just said that she didn't notice that it was stained and she just put it back in her closet. Uh-huh. And she didn't notice until the next time she went to wear it. Oh. And when she tried it on, it was too tight. So uh-huh. she just took it off and threw it in the closet and never thought about it again. And when asked why she told Linda Tripp why she told her friend she's like I thought it was funny I just thought it was a really funny thing and it to me I was just joking around about it yeah can you believe this happened oh my god I didn't even realize and part of me is like god you're such a fucking big mouth you're like getting yourself into trouble and the other part of me is like you're also like 23 24 yeah and yeah, it is kind of funny if a guy comes like all over you and you don't even notice yeah like you're walking around with cum all over you we've all done that so once or twice (laughs) yeah oh oh yeah of course it's always happening to me um (laughs) well it doesn't happen to me if you listen to our updates at all you know that that's not my situation but it has happened and i have gone to work with cum on my stocking and it just happens just because it falls out of your pussy onto your sock but all the time you just well whatever uh i've heard i'm just supposing that that's a thing that happens to people um so in 2014 she writes an article for vanity fair called shame and survival yes and it's a big hit and she becomes a contributing uh author to vanity fair oh good for her i know and it kicks off her career as an anti-cyber bullying advocate Mm -hmm. Um, and she starts working with a lot of organizations and speaking out. This is when she does that TED talk. Um, and basically people are like, why are you talking now? And she's like, because it's the time, because when it happened to me, it wasn't happening to everyone. Right. It was just me because it was like the frontier of internet. And now that there are kids everywhere who are killing themselves because they're getting shamed on the internet the she quoted the kid who his college dorm mate secretly videotaped him having sex with a guy and yes. put it on the web and he killed himself. and he killed himself That's and terrible. when that happened her mom called her and was like so upset about it and she it took her a minute to realize like why is my mom so upset about this and she goes oh because it reminded my mom of when she made me she had to make me shower with the bathroom door open and she didn't know if I was going to survive this scandal. And so Monica realized that this is happening to too many people and we need to stop this and we need to, you know, act, act out against it because, you know, she, she, I think called herself like ground zero for 
uh, cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and she recently did a, in 2018, which is this year, uh, she did an article for Vanity Fair, Monica Lewinsky emerging from the house of gaslight in the age of hashtag me too. Yeah. And she admitted in that article that she was diagnosed with PTSD uh, years ago. Um, PTSD from the events surrounding the scandal. Yes. Which it's like, yeah, how could you fucking not? Especially because at the time there was no model for public shaming really on that scale. Right. Oh, my God. And they played a clip on the 2020 interview of her trying to walk to her car. And paparazzi are literally pulling her arm, trying to drag her so they can get a picture of her. Like her attorneys and the people walking with her are pulling her Uh as the photographers are pulling her in another way. And you just see her struggling, just trying to get into a vehicle. I mean, that's scary. Yeah. Especially for to go to like no one knows about me and I just thought I was gonna have this fun fling and never talk about it yeah or I you know thought the president was in love with me too right yeah or that um to wow now I'm just on every public yeah type of platform there is oh it's terrible so So, oh what oh no 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 go ahead um I was gonna say that there is a conspiracy about all this. Oh, no way! Yes. So, as you had mentioned, President Clinton really fucked shit up with NAFTA. Uh-huh. And all of the deals for that was happening as the scandal was being released into the public. Uh-huh. And so, it has been theorized that this whole affair um, came about as a distraction to the American public so that no one was paying attention to the NAFTA deals and they could be drafted without any problems. I fucking believe it. Sounds right to me. I mean, I don't think... No, Monica was just, you know, a piece in the whole game. Yeah, like, I believe everything happened, but I would 100% believe that they fanned the flames of this scandal. Yes. 100%. I would believe that Kenneth Starr was in on it and they were like, hey, blow this shit up because we got some like other stuff we got to do. It's, and I'm, I bet yeah. Hillary was like, hey, we got to pass this NAFTA thing. Yeah. And it doesn't make us look like good Democrats. So let's just fucking have this big sex scandal so no one knows what's popping off. Exactly. God shit damn like that's it. still happening today. Yeah, that's how politics works. That's why I hate when people get so worked up about politics. Like people are checking their Facebook feed at work and then going, Trump, blah, 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 did this or that. I'm like, you're not even paying attention to the real shit. That's yeah, I'm happening. like, none of it matters. Like you can yeah. actually affect zero change in the situation. None of it matters. If you want to get angry, get angry when you get home from work. Like, just- I mean, still go vote, but. Also, just don't let it overtake your life to where you're, like, getting angry. Yeah, where you're walking around in a state of constant anger over politics because there is more going on behind the scenes than you will ever know about. Yeah. And it's just like the Kardashians. Like, it's all smoke and mirrors and half stories. Exactly. So maybe take a break from politics and watch the Kardashians. That's exact. That is my life. I was like, fuck the news. I'm not doing this anymore. It's fear-mongering. It's misleading it's uh-huh. misdirection i'm gonna watch the kardashians and zone the fuck out 100 percent. so yeah i i the whole thing that um i was thinking about when i was watching the interview and researching this is just how different this would have played out 
in today's times, like mm-hmm. this year today, uh-huh. uh, because of the Me Too movement, yes. I feel like perhaps it would have been um, more pressure put on the president and mm-hmm. what a skis ball he is for, yes. you know, so, like letting this young woman be seduced and be yeah. pulled into this relationship with him. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about like how different would this be how different would her life be because she was just like ridiculed to no end and it's it's taken her this whole time to get past it I think now too we see 22 year olds as a lot younger than we did in 1995 I think we thought that you graduate college you're an adult and I think now you're not an adult until you're well over 40 now we have a much like younger yeah uh, society and so yeah i feel like no one today would be like a 22 year old is 100 percent accountable for this horrible situation right um, um barbara walters was really harsh with her really in the interview i felt like she was i felt like she was kind of coming off like you're a dumb bimbo like you're so dumb yeah this is the impression i got i i googled like Barbara Walters on her interview uh-huh. and um, the only thing I found was the interview David Letterman did with her uh-huh. where Barbara Walters said that she likes Monica she thinks she's really bright and she even considered having her be one of the um, co-hosts on The View oh okay but um, it ended up not working and I think that's probably just because it would have been too like controversial yeah at the time mm-hmm. um, but she said she likes her and I'm just like Really? Because you're kind of a bitch in the interview. Yeah. (laughs) There is one part where Linda Tripp said those talking points Monica gave her um, could not have just been written by Monica alone because there's no way she is that smart Mm -hmm. to come up with all the legal jargon. But Monica was brilliant. Yeah. Which Monica's like, "Uh, yeah, I am that smart. Um, But Barbara Walters was like, you know... Uh, how'd you you don't really know the lingo you're not that smart how did you do that did you really do this alone I'm just like you fucking bitch but Monica in that interview it really impressed me because she stood up for herself she called out Barbara when things she felt like she's being um, represented wrongly mm. she's like no that's actually not what happened and people need to realize that that's not the truth that's just gossip that was put into the headlines uh-huh. or, I'm not really that type of person person like good for you Monica. good for you and I'm glad that now she's speaking out she's an advocate and people are more open to hearing her side of the story Mm -hmm. and realizing that you know President Clinton's probably kind of a douche yeah it took 20 years for her to get her redemption yeah and I'm really glad that she did and she did it publicly Uh, follow her on Twitter she posts good articles um I don't know but yeah, she. I feel like she's uh, she's someone that people can actually look up to and learn. Like she said, for in terms of people suffering from bullying, where she's like, I need them to see that I'm okay, so they know they'll be okay. Right. Like I went through this thing. It was horrible. It almost destroyed me. It did not. And my past is part of me, and I'm going to use it to help others. And people need to know that, like you, there is a future for you, even if this thing happens where you feel, you know, you can never recover. Yes. So, 
And also, I hope someone's fucking her more than every two months now. I hope she has a good man in her life. I don't know if she's like married or what her deal is. She's good friends with Alan Cummings, the actor, and that's fantastic. Which is awesome. That's amazing. I don't think she's married. I think she still kind of has a hard time in relationships. Just. Well, I hope that Vanity Fair is paying her enough money that she can get those Richard Gere prostitutes then. That's right. I hope that, you know, she finds someone. I would like her to find like real happiness and real love and know what like a happy, healthy, romantic relationship and sexual relationship is because she deserves it. Everyone makes mistakes, Mm -hmm. even though like it was is on such a huge level because it is the president. It's like people are having affairs across America. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you ask around your girlfriends, how many of them when they were really young had an affair with someone who was married like. It's just none of them were found out. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we've are we all been young, dumb, and worn dresses covered in cum. <laughs> yes. Ain't that the truth? Uh, <laughs> I know I have. <laughs> I am right now. Uh, what is that? Just I'm just kidding. It's icing. No, I'm it's icing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe like five years ago it would have been cum, but this is this is 33 year old Sydney. It's icing. <laughs> oh, well, we hope you've enjoyed our foray into Monica Lewinsky, and maybe you'll give her a second thought and check her out, and uh, not have your preconceived notions. Yep, because I know I definitely did. I remember. I think my family was like, she's a slut. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck that slut. I love President Clinton. And going back, I'm like, no way, dude. There's like, there's two, definitely two sides to the story. For sure. She's so. actually a person. She's a human being. Yes. And she's a pretty great one. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, happy hump day. Yeah. Bye. Bye.